0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the holy three and one, who does love us so very much? And who is the one for us? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what's your favorite love song? What's your favorite song in general? Because chances are, if you have a favorite song, that that song might just be about some kind of loving relationship. Now, there's a possibility that it's not. You know, if your favorite song is by Lil Wayne, um, yeah, maybe not. But chances are, if if you've got a favorite song, that, that it might be about love, because Most of our songs in our culture that if you just turn on the radio or or you open up a playlist, you'll find that the song there is somehow about love. And love is this amazing, mysterious emotion, it's this state of being, and it's also an emotion, and it's this very multifaceted thing, and, uh, and, and it's something that then, because of its complexity, because of its attraction to us, it's something that we just love to sing about. And what we're doing in this sermon series is we're kind of taking a look at our tendency as a culture to sing these songs of love and to apply those to the songs of love that we find in the Scripture, the, the songs of love that we find in this book of Psalms, which is actually kind of five books that are sandwiched together that stretch over a thousand year period at least of God's people singing Songs, And so you have all of these songs that then come to mind and all of these songs that are are different types of songs. And even within kind of that larger understanding of what a love song is, well, you have different kinds of love songs. Some of our love songs are just about how much we love that person and how great they are. And we'll get into singing about them and their specific attributes. But then sometimes some of them are are a little bit more existential. Some of them are a little bit more uh, all about um, uh, different things that are happening. And so sometimes our love songs are actually sort of apology songs. I'm sorry that I did that to you. Will you please still love me? And sometimes our songs are about love that is lost. And sometimes our songs are about love that is gained. And specifically this morning, what we're going to be talking about is one kind of song that is the love song that is all about, well, you're the one for me, baby. And it's that specific kind of song that you, you maybe you, you, you find on your playlist when you've just gone out on a date with that special guy or that special gal, and you're, you're sure, this is the one for me. And, and you're coming to that understanding of, okay, you know, may, may, I, I didn't think that there was anybody out there for me, but I, I think I could really spend my whole life with this person. And there's all sorts of songs like that. And I've even brought a a few of their lyrics for you this morning. And it'll be interesting to see which one of you gets which lyric here. And here's one I'm pretty sure that most of our guys maybe won't get I've got chills, they're multiplying. And I'm losing control because the power you're supplying, it's electrifying. You better shape up because I need a man. And my heart is set on you. You better shape up. You better understand to my heart I must be true. Nothing left, nothing left for me to do. You're the one that I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) Honey, you're the one that I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You're the one that I want. Oh, yes, indeed. And you might have in your mind seen Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta dancing around one another as you heard those lyrics. And maybe they brought to mind something of that movie and that relationship that they had with one another. Or maybe they brought to mind something of a relationship that you have had in your own life. That moment where you're Trying to figure out really kind of the the peace treaty of this relationship. Well, you better shape up, because I need a man. And that's kind of how we're beginning in this Psalm of ours, Psalm 27. It starts off, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Lord, you're my my fortress. And those are all things that David needs. David is the one who's writing this psalm most probably. And it's likely that this psalm is a psalm that is being said at an official act of Him being a King of Israel. And so, He's going up to the altar and and it, what the scholars think is that as He goes up to the altar, He starts off with this declarative of Lord, You are My light and You are My salvation. And then it cuts off there. And then He's able to, to speak a little bit into the particulars of how God is His light and His salvation. And for David, who was kind of the warrior king, he, he puts that in terms of this battle that he might fight. And so he goes into this language about warfare and he says, you know, you, you keep me from this evil enemy that is crouching at the gates. And he's really talking there about that sort of sense of figuring out his relationship with God. He, I worship you. You protect me. And so, that's one of the things that we do in our relationship with God. We, we kind of try to figure out where this is going. What is God's role? What is my role? If God is going to be the one for me, if Jesus is going to be the one for me, then what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for Him? Well, what am I going to do? And what is He going to do? He's going to forgive me my sins. He's going to give me His body and blood. What am I going to do? I'm going to sing him songs and tell him about my life. And I'm going to try to figure out how those two things dance around one another, like John Travolta, if you're talented. Some of you are a little bit older. And maybe you remember some songs from the 60s. Some of you just have old souls and you remember songs from the 60s, Liz. <laughs> and you maybe might remember this song by the Vogues. Which a great band name, by the way. Every time we meet, everything is sweet. Oh, you're so tender. I must surrender. My love is your love, now and forever. You're the one that I long to kiss. Baby, you're the one that I really miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one I'm dreaming of. Baby, you're the one that I love. Keep me in your heart. Never let us part. Ooh, never leave me. Please don't deceive me. I want you only. You must. Believe me. I wonder if sometimes that's how God looks at us. Freshly cleaned from our confession of sins and receiving our absolution, looking at us and knowing that we have in our hearts this this ability not to believe him. Knowing in our hearts that we have this ability to uh, try to deceive him. but he still looks at us and he says, well, you're the one. You're the one for me. And every time we meet, it's so, so sweet. You're that one for me. And in our psalm, that gets echoed once again as David comes to the Lord and he brings this sacrifice before him that's the next part in what's happening they think in this liturgical psalm that this is actually a, a few different pieces that are said just like we say in our liturgy and I wonder if at the moment the God is looking down upon that sacrifice that that giving of the heart that happens during that moment if he's looking at those people and looking at us and singing songs like from the Vogues and just being enamored with us. And then we can respond. Charlie XCX um, says it well. You're the one who can make me stay. You're the only one who makes me feel this way. You're the one that's been stealing stars. Your golden arrow went through my heart. You're the one that can turn the page. You're the one who came along and unlocked the cage. Now I'm dancing in the dark. It's a criminal feeling. Happiness cries and tears are dreaming. My body is screaming. I'm staying right here. No, I'll never be leaving. And David says, almost those same things as he is talking to God. He says, one thing that I desire, one thing that I want. And what is that one thing that he wants? To dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's exactly what Charlie XCX is saying. Now, um, uh, not all of her songs are necessarily as pious as this one, perhaps. But maybe you can consider singing this one and thinking of that notion that David has of saying I want to dwell in your house forever and thinking about that not just in terms of this house but what if that meant inviting God into your house what if that meant inviting God into your dorm room or your apartment What if that meant that that part in your relationship where you get together with that person and you just want to spend all day behind locked doors watching bad movies and eating popcorn? What if that could be your relationship with God? I think that's a clear picture of what David is trying to say. when He says, I want to dwell in your house. I want to inquire of you. I want to ask you questions. I want to get to know you. And God then responds. David is saying all of these things and then at the end he he ends on this kind of interesting note where he says that hey, I I just want to seek your face. Don't turn your face away from me. I just want to seek your face. I just want to look around and I want to find you somewhere in a crowd and I want to see your face. It's like that moment if you, like you were in 7th grade or high school or whenever it was and you had that picture of that person and it was in your wallet or it was on your phone and you just took it out and you looked at that person's face and you sought their face and you said oh yeah they are. And of course, they're not really there. But their face is there. Well, it's that kind of face-seeking that David wants to do. I want to seek your face, oh God. I want to see the things about you. Please don't hide that from me. And God responds in the words of the mid-90s punk band, The Descendants. You love a man who treats you wrong. You think you'll change him, but you're wrong. He'll use you and then he'll say so long. After all he said and all he's done. Our relationship with sin is... Often times like that where we go chasing after this other person, this other face. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm the one. I've been here for you all along. I'm the one whose shoulder you've been crying on. I'm the one who wants you more than anything. You don't feel the same way. You've made it clear to me. But I'll stand my ground. And maybe you'll hear what I'm saying. After all I've said and all I've done, I'm the one. I've been here for you all along. I'm the one whose shoulder you've been crying on. I'm the one. I've been here for you all along. I'm the one. I'm the one. And even when our faces have a problem finding God, because we're not looking for him, he's still out there saying, I'm the one. I'm the one for you. I'm the one to whom your love songs can be sung, and you know that I will reciprocate that love for you. Because isn't that the amazing thing about Christianity? That we get to be God's the one. That we know that God loves everybody in this room. We know that God loves everybody in this city. We know that God loves everybody in this world. And yet, at the same time, I am the only Jay Winters that God loves in the way that he loves me. He loves me in a way that is so personal, in a way that is so intimate between me and him, that I am his one. And that he's looking at me and he's saying, you are the one. You're the J. And I love you. And when he looks at you, he's saying the same thing except with your name. And he's saying, I'm the one who loves you. And you're the one I love so much. And so, take this psalm along with you this week. Listen to a few songs yourself. And see if you can balance out the words of Scripture and the words that we sing and come to a whole new message of how much God loves you despite your sins and how He died on a cross to show you that love. Amen.